Hi, y'all. Y'all, tonight it is going down, back up, and down again. Do you hear me? Listen, I don't think y'all are ready. Come on in, Judicious Jury, Facebook Live, and help me get this thing going. If you are at all able, join in with me. If you're on the air, let me know that you're there. Hi, Rosalind Williams. How you doing? I want y'all to get ready to uh, share this live video, invite a friend, tag someone that you know, grab your coffee or your tea, whichever you prefer for another episode, another segment, another session, another one-on-one of What Say Ye. I am the best host, yours truly, Riss, authentically and originally known as Marissa N. Martin. Jeremiah, I see you. I am an evangelist, an author, a small business owner, a motivational speaker, a mentor, and a what say year. Come on. (laughs) Tonight, we'll be discussing manipulation, you guys. But first things first, I have some hot topics tonight for my judicious jury. Let me see who's coming in. Again, as you guys are coming in on Facebook, come on the air and share. Come on the air and let me know that you're there i am so excited to be here i'm just saying something else because it rhymes anyway (laughs) it's time for our icebreakers tonight you guys icebreakers in this segment of the podcast It's where we have topics that I like to consider to be appetizers, right? We talk about these things before we get to the main course of the night. These are topics that are relevant to our everyday life. So let's get started. Let's take a visit to Rona. Rona is still running rampant, you guys. Rona is still running rampant, but she is old news, right? We know who she is. We've gotten acclimated with her. We've gotten familiar with her. And so now we're calm, cool, and collected. We're sitting back, relaxing, and trying our best to enjoy the ride until it's over, right? When we want to just give a shout out out there to everyone who is still being safe, who's taking the proper precautions, who's wearing their masks, washing their hands, drinking their water, minding their business, eating their fruits and vegetables and staying prayed up. But most importantly, doing their thing. If you're doing your thing in this season, shout out to you, too. Okay, you guys moving right along. As we're moving along during this podcast, I want you guys to definitely feel free to put your comments, your questions in the comment section. I want this to be an interactive thing. Um, I want us to communicate with one another. And I want to know, most importantly, what say ye? But all right, transitioning to our Black Lives Matter moment. And our Black Lives Matter moment goes to Jacob Blake. Our Black Lives Matter moment tonight is going to go to Jacob Blake. Give me just a moment. I'm trying to pin something here in the comments. All right. I see it. I see it. So let's talk about the situation with Jacob Blake. I'm pulling it up here on my laptop. Erica Soulfly in the house. How you doing? You guys, white Wisconsin cops shoot an unarmed black father, Jacob Blake, seven times in the bag at point-blank range as his three kids watched from the back of the car sparking violent protests and the governor to, to slam excessive use of police force. 
Hmm. Jacob Blake was 29 years old. He was an unarmed black man. He was shot seven times in Kenosha, Wisconsin on Saturday. For those of you who are coming in and who have not heard the story, police were responding to a domestic incident, they say, at a home in the area. Videos show that Blake was walking toward an SUV and at least three cops following him with their guns drawn. Hmm. Blake appears to ignore police orders to stop and try to get in the driver's side of the SUV. That's when at least seven gunshots were heard. Mm. Blake's kids were inside the car as the events unfolded. Witnesses said Blake was trying to break up an argument between women in a home nearby. Blake is listed in serious condition after he was airlifted to a hospital in Milwaukee. Hey, auntie, I see you coming in there. The shooting ignited outrage in Kenosha, of course, as local residents gathered to protest, per usual. Some smashed cars and one police was injured. Um, let's see, what else are they saying here on this news report? Pretty much another black killing of a black man in our community, in the black community. Um, another man who was killed, not because he was um, necessarily a harm to a police officer, not because he was making an attempt to do anything um, to put the police officer's life in danger, but this man was walking away with his back turned to the police when he was shot in the back seven times. Another story I saw that happened quite close to the time that this event took place was a white man robbing a local Kroger where he resisted arrest and even assaulted the arresting officer, but he was only tased and reprimanded and taken to the police station. Now, I want to know what you guys have to say about this because I know that especially my black men and women have your opinions because I mean, I guess it's safe to say that it's okay for a white man to actually assault police officers, to actually use force on a police officer, to actually try to harm a police officer, and no gun is pulled on him, no shots are fired. He is simply tased and taken to the police station. But for whatever reason, our white people, especially our white police, um, see a man who's walking away with his back turned as a threat. See a man, see a black man, I'm sorry, a black man who's walking away uh, with his back turned as um, he, he could do me harm. He's trying to hurt me. He's guilty of something and they think it's okay to kill him or to shoot him in this incident. Um... I just want to say that I am sick and tired, and I know we all are sick and tired of being sick and tired, sick and tired of protesting, and then the protests die down and things go right back to the way they were. Sick and tired of taking one step forward just to take 10 steps back. Sick and tired of thinking that better days are going to come concerning racism, concerning these kind of things. And it just seems to be getting worse. It seems like to me that police officers are getting even more confident, getting even more confident. The more that they kill somebody, the more that they injure a black person, the more that they hurt somebody black, the more that they do something and they get off the numbers are increasing. I mean, the numbers of police officers are even increasing. At first, it was one black officer would be in an incident. I mean, I'm sorry, one white officer would be in an incident with a black person and then something would go left or something would go awry. But now we have multiple white police officers that feel like they have to team up on our black men. And I want to know why. 
I want to know what you guys think. If anybody has any commentary or anybody has an opinion here watching on live, on Facebook Live, you have any thoughts or comments, I would like to know what say ye. We have multiple police officers. I mean, I, if I'm correct, in the situation in the event with George Floyd, there were, were there three officers or four? I know there was more than one. And then in this same scenario, we have four police officers or three police officers shooting at one black man. I mean, where does the level of fear come from? My God, this is just so sad. But, but ultimately, at the end of the day, where I stand and where I always stand and what I will always say and will continue to say is that Trump has got to go. Number one, Trump has got to go because he is the head, I think, of the spike in racism and racist acts and hatred and inequality and unfair treatment, unfair judgment um, of black people. And when we cut off the head the body can hardly function, right? You know, unless it's a zombie, of course. But when, when we cut off the head, the body can hardly function from that point. So if we get rid of Trump, if we get out and vote, when the time comes, you guys, we have to vote. Trump has strategies. There was someone who called me yesterday that, that was trying to talk to me, and I had to cut them off and tell them, I'll talk to you later, but trying to inform me about Trump and his strategies um, in the political race. Hi, Ed, when I see you coming in, Pastor Walker, hi. How you doing? I was at your church this past Sunday, and I didn't get to hear your words. So I'll be back this Sunday. Um, I want to hear what thus said the Lord through you. Amen. Um, but back to the point, someone called me just yesterday, and they were trying to inform me about Trump and his strategies about um, all of the other politicians and all of the people that will be running for the pre presidency, how their strategies do not amount to the strategies that Trump has to win the election. And I don't care what strategies Trump have. I don't know what anybody else has to say about this, but I don't know and I don't care what kind of strategies that Trump has. Trump and his strategies are not bigger or not more powerful than my God. Amen. And I'm not on here to do ministry. I'm not on here to preach or teach tonight, but we're not about to sit here and be worried and fretting over what Trump can do. But we can only think and focus on what we can do. And what we can do is get out and vote. What we can do is encourage our friends to vote. What we can do is encourage our family members to vote. Vote. If you have to drag them, if you have to pick somebody up, Whatever you have to do, it's very important that we get out and vote. We use the power that we have to make a difference. Let me read some of these comments that Erica's leaving. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Erica says, I think they should stop putting white afraid officers in black neighborhoods if they are so afraid. I absolutely agree. I've even heard an officer say that so often officers are out in neighborhoods that they are not used to that is why they are quick to kill. Absolutely. That needs to be a part of the screening process. If you are a white police officer and if you fear a black person, if you fear them because of the color of their skin or you feel like they're stronger than you or they're more superior to you or they're a danger to you, then if it's a black person, you need to call somebody else to handle the situation. If it's a black community, then you need to go somewhere else. You need to go where you feel more comfortable or let alone find another career path, another career field. Amen. She said, okay, and that I definitely don't care. Right. 
We don't care. We don't care what Trump has going on. All we want to know is when is he going to get out of the White House? Because I was saying, as we cut off the head, the body can hardly function. And we know that racism will always be embedded in the foundation of America. But the last thing that we need is a racist, an antichrist leader further inciting injustice, inequality, and racism. And most of all, hatred, right? Because God is not a God of hate. God is love. Let the church say amen. I don't see or hear nobody talk. Well, I guess I won't hear y'all because y'all lie, but I don't see nobody but Erica talking to me. Moving along, <laughs> moving along to our B.O.B. Each week, What Say Ye will be featuring a Black-owned business on this podcast segment. If you would like your Black-owned business featured on this segment, promote it then you can definitely email us at whatsayepodcast1 at gmail.com. Simply email us your name, your business name, your contact information, and what your business does. What do you do? How does it operate? What do you sell? What products do you have? This week's B.O.B. is Breon J. Sims, located here in Memphis, Tennessee. Her business is Bree Evolution Collections. She sells handmade charms, bracelets, lollipop lashes, hair accessories, and more. Y'all hear my commercial voice? If you would like to make a purchase, do so by ordering through her personal and business Facebook page, Breon J. Sims. I will also put her information in the comment section here on Facebook following this recording. You can also visit our What Say You page and find all of her information located there. Her email address is BreonSims2 at gmail.com. Again, BreonSims2 at gmail.com. Phone number 901 283-2179-901-283-2179. Do business with Breon, Black people. Do business with Breon and Bree Evolution Collections. All right. Hot topic, exciting topic, something for us to loosen up a little bit. I want to go ahead and get the heavy hitters out of the way. Y'all still here with me because I want to talk about the movie of the week. Movie of the week, a black casting movie. Sorry to rain on y'all parade or sorry that you've been misinformed, but The Best Man is not the first ever black casted movie. It is The Color Purple. The Color Purple. I mean, everybody loves The Color Purple. If you're like me, you've probably seen The Color Purple a million and one times. My favorite line from The Color Purple is from Suge Avery when she says, you surely is ugly. <laughs> when she's coming off the carriage in the rain and she gets to the door and Celia is standing there, she looks up and looks at Celia and says, you show is ugly. Don't y'all be acting sanctified on this podcast now like y'all haven't seen it. We all have to have a favorite line when it comes to the color purple. Um, but we can barely tell now with these masks on who's ugly or not. So we have to be careful. God made all things beautiful, but it's important for us to decide if we're looking at a person or a thing. Right? <laughs> Our next topic for tonight, our next icebreaker is the song of the day. I've been scrolling down my timeline here on Facebook here recently, and I've been seeing a lot of Monica versus Brandy. I've been seeing a lot of promotions. I've been seeing a lot of commentary concerning Monica versus Brandy. I want to know what say is. Anybody on here going to talk to me 
Which one do y'all prefer, Monica or Brandy? I know my 90s babies can definitely get with me. My personal favorite between the two, I would have to say is Brandy. Why? Because my favorite song by her is Have You Ever. I don't know if anybody else has ever been in a relationship every day. You've had hard times. You went through a breakup. Brandy and Have You Ever was always by my side, always there for me when I needed it. Do you hear me? I would get on the couch. I would turn off the lights. I would get a bowl of ice cream. And this would be my crime music. Have You Ever. Don't act like y'all don't have crime music. If you don't have crime music, you, gotta, you can get you some. I can help you out. Just drop your info in the comment section. I will send you a crime playlist. Pray Playlist and playlist. Come on here, Holy Ghost. I hear God trying to step in because he don't want nobody to be around here anxious and depressed and stressed out. I'll send you a playlist, but I'll also send you a playlist. Amen. Have you ever wins for me? Brandy. Brandy team. Brandy. Moving right along. Questions that need answers. Pastor Kim Crock. I see you there. Kim Crockett. Questions that need answers. Why is it so hot outside? It's just that simple. Every time I step outside, every time I get in and out of my car when I'm running errands, I mean, it's extremely hot. I look at my phone, it says 91 degrees, but it feels like 991 degrees. I mean, I could just feel the sweat trickling down my neck and my back, and I don't even usually sweat. It is extremely hot outside. What is really going on? It's okay if you don't know what's going on, I'm going to help you with something. God is showing us something. God wants the people to know. He wants his children to know. This is only a teaser of what it's going to be like in hell. Okay? If you don't like this heat here on earth, you definitely don't want to go to hell. So you want to get your life in order. You want to get your house in order. Amen? Because we don't want to be burning up underground. All right. Would you rather... This is an exciting thing for tonight. Would you rather? And I want you guys to communicate with me. I want you to give me your opinions. I want you to give me some insight. Would you rather be blind but be able to hear or be deaf but be able to see? Would you rather be blind but be able to see or deaf and be able to... Did I say blind to be able to see? And ain't nobody talking to me. Ain't nobody trying to help me. Would you rather be blind but be able to hear? <laughs> or be deaf but be able to see? I want to know which one you guys choose. I want to know what say ye, and I want to know why. I see some people coming in and out of Facebook Live with me. Which one would you rather be? If you just had to pick one. If you just had to pick one. Would you rather be blind but hear or be deaf? but be able to see. Deaf and can see. I think I would like to see because I have to watch people. You know, I have to watch people. Um, and you can definitely tell a lot about people by their body language, by their actions. Even with my dog, I think it's more important that we can see because my dog cannot understand what I'm saying. Come on, somebody. My dog cannot always understand what I'm saying, but he understands my body language. He understands my emotion. He understands my attitude. He understands my gestures, which way I point my finger to the left and right. So me personally, I feel like I would be able to get through life, to get by in life if I could not hear, but I could be able to see. I think I'd be okay with that. Now, personally, 
If it was the other way around and I couldn't see, oh my gosh. I mean, it's just so much you miss out on in life when you can't see the pretty birds, the beautiful butterflies, the huge ocean, the sun shining in the morning. Like, oh my gosh. That would just be so horrible. So I think I could stand to not hear people talking to me all the time, getting on my nerve, <laughs> calling me. I mean, you can text me, right? We have technology. So I think I can do without hearing as long as I am able to see. Thanks, Pastor Kim. I see her. She said, teach. And she would rather be deaf and can see. Alfie, I see you coming on in. Good Eve. Good Eve. Now we're about to get to the nitty gritty, y'all. So I want y'all to hang on in here with me for a few moments. We are getting to the meat of the podcast. We're giving, getting to the heady. Oh my gosh, I'm just tripping tonight. We are getting to the heavy hitters. We are getting to the meat of the podcast in the name of Jesus. Okay. I'm just trying to help you all help yourself. So we're going to talk about manipulation. Manipulation. What is it? Manipulation is to control or influence a person or situation cleverly, unfairly, with ill intent or unscrupulously, a.k.a. And I inserted this at the end, a.k.a. witchcraft. It is my belief that manipulation is witchcraft. I don't know if you agree with me. I don't know if you don't agree with me, but this is what say ye, where all opinions are welcome. Grab your coffee or your tea, and we're going to discuss this thing. I, I may be tripping over my words tonight, but I am good at rhyming. See? So, to control or influence a person or situation, unfairly, with ill intent, or unscrupulously. Witchcraft. Why do I say that manipulation is witchcraft? Because witchcraft is the use of tricks or spells. There's a lot of different definitions when I was looking up the definition of witchcraft, but the short answer is the use of tricks or spells. It's, the, it's a way of playing mind games and getting people to do what you want them to do, even if they necessarily don't want to do it. I once was having a conversation with a person who told me that somebody told them that... Um, you have a way of getting people to do what you want them to do and making them think that it's their idea. And the moment that I heard that, I said, witchcraft, anytime you can make somebody do something that you want them to do and then they think that it was their idea, they came up with that. Oh, you good. You good. But we're going to get down to the nitty gritty of that tonight. Yes, mind games, mind tactics. I'm so glad that I have some ministers on here with me because I want y'all to help me, okay? Alfie and Kim, stay with me, stay with me. I'm excited that y'all are here. So, what are the characteristics of a manipulator? And, and, and first, before I get ready to go into the characteristics, I just want to share a little bit of why this topic tonight is so dear to me. And that's because when I go through something, when I experience something, when I encounter something, whether it's a situation, whether it's a person or a place, if God brings me through it or I learn something by going through it, I want to be able to help somebody else who may be in it or who is going through it or experiencing it. So since I've come in contact with some manipulative people, and don't worry because I'm not talking about this to th throw shade or be petty towards anybody because when I came encountered with these things or in contact with these things it was in the past so it's nothing fresh it's nothing new um it's nothing that i'm currently going through but it's definitely something that i 
have gone through and have experiences and that I'm very knowledgeable about, okay? Personally and through my studies. So, all right, the characteristics of a manipulator. Number one, they undermine or will try to undermine because we have discernment, right? They will try to undermine your grasp of reality. Basically wanting you to believe that it wasn't what you know it was or it really didn't happen how you thought it happened or that is your perception, your outlook or your way of looking at things and it's not the reality. They will try to make you think that you crazy, okay? They will do things like twist what you said. Hmm, they will twist your words. You may say something to them. You may be in conversation with them. When they repeat it back to you, they will always get it wrong. And more than likely, they will insert tidbits and things to turn what you said. And it could have been something positive or or something not mean or ugly at all. And they will add one or two words to degrade or... You know, turn what you said into something a little negative, basically finding a way to impose guilt on you. I want y'all to help me up in here tonight, Kim and Alfie. So they will undermine your, they will also undermine your intelligence to make themselves seem superior. This is something that a manipulator will do in the early stages of trying to manipulate you. Okay. It's something that they have to do in the beginning when they first meet you. Alfie says, let me read these, read what Alfie says. I see Kim said, yep, Alfie says, oh, that can be wisdom when you're married. Getting your spouse to do something and have them thinking it's their idea. The man is the head, but the neck turns the head. Yeah, but, but we still have to be careful um, because we... It's one thing I feel like making a suggestion. It's one thing being encouraging, but I don't know. I, I have this really bad feeling when it comes to manipulation. It really just doesn't sit well in my spirit. So they'll try to undermine your intelligence to make themselves seem superior. They will do things like correct your spelling, your grammar, um, or your use of something in context. They will always point out your flaws, your mess ups, um, things that you trip over. They will make sure that you're aware that you messed up and they know that you messed up and that they're better than you, smarter than you, whatever the case may be. But they will definitely try to undermine your intelligence. Again, this is something that happens in the early stage. Hi, Kiara Armstrong. Alfie says, if the spirit so leads, I mean. <laughs> All right, moving on. They are experts at questioning your character, pointing out your flaws and making you feel guilty. We already talked about that, about them pointing out your flaws um, and always making your mistakes, your mess up a big deal, making sure that you're notified of them. They will put more attention on um, your setbacks, your downfalls. Um, like I said, your mistakes more than the times that you win, more than the good things that you do, more than the times that you're succeeding. They will always make sure that you know that you messed up and they were always trying to make you feel guilty. The next point is they claim the role of the victim. And when I say they claim the role of the victim, this is something that you have to recognize when you go on the first day, the second day, when you're, when they're talking about their friendships, their past relationships, their life. Um, if they've been married before, before and they're divorced now and they talk about, why their marriage didn't work or why their relationship didn't work or why their friendship didn't work. Every time 
their response will be what that person did wrong, how that person messed up, how that person made a different decision. They wanted to, you know, do something else. I was in a conversation with a manipulative person and I'm just going to be very vulnerable because I want to do that on my podcast. Again, this is not a ministry platform. This is the Marissa platform. So I'm just going to be myself and sit back and relax and chat with you guys. But I remember dating a guy who was married and divorced. He was divorced. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. By the time I was dating him. But every relationship that he was in before he met me, it was the woman's fault to why it didn't work out. Mind you, at this time, I was a lot younger. I'm only about to be 26 in a week or so. I was a lot younger. Um, I didn't really understand manipulation. I didn't know that he was a manipulator at the time. Um, it was something that I had to go through in order to be able to talk to you now. But every time he would talk about his previous relationships, it was the woman's fault that it didn't work. He didn't do anything wrong. He was perfect. Every time he got in these relationships, he did everything right. And she did something wrong. She cheated on him. She lied to him. She had a bad attitude. She was ungrateful. She was this. She didn't appreciate him. I even had a manipulator, another manipulative person tell me my marriage didn't work out because my wife wanted women. Come to find out later through getting to date him, he had his own issues. Baby, your wife didn't leave you because she wanted to be gay. Come on now. We talking. Your wife didn't leave you because she wanted to be gay. Your, your wife left you because you got some issues. You got some stuff deeply rooted on the inside of you that you need to work out. And so we have to be mindful. When you're meeting a manipulative person, they're perfect and everything and everybody else is wrong. And people just don't like them for no reason. Nobody in their family fools with them. I'm the black sheep for no reason. I didn't do anything to anybody. My sisters don't like me. My brothers don't like me. My mama don't like me. I mean... My friends, they don't fool me. They just walked out of my life. And I don't understand why I didn't do nothing to them. I'm kind. I'm good. I'm great. I'm loyal. I'm consistent. And these people just don't want anything to do with me for no reason. That would be something that a manipulative person will say. That would be something a manipulative person will say. Let me go back and catch some of these comments. Kim says, if you can only tell me my mess, ups, I don't need to hear the positives. Okay. Alpha said, not manipulating, but learning how to bring your ideas gracefully. Spirit-led for sure, though. Kiara says, hey, sweetie. Hey, Alpha says, I try not to talk a lot about past relationships, but I will listen. I understand, Alpha. I used to be at a place where I didn't want to talk about past relationships. Um, and I think it can be pros and cons when dating to discuss uh, past relationships because not necessarily focusing on the person that you were dating, but focusing on you as a person and how you grew through those relationships. I think it's important, but definitely I want to know if you've been the person, you've been the corporate in the situation, in the relationship that made it drown, that made it didn't work, that tore the relationship apart because that's going to save me some time, some energy, some effort. I want to discern you really quickly. I want to know everything that I need to know about you. And so it can be pros and cons. You know, I've met people that say, I don't want to talk about the past at all. Not even just my past relationships, but anything in my past. I want, I'm, in, I'm here now. You know, I want to focus on my future now. So I don't want to talk about the past. I'm dating you now. But I, I think it's important 
to learn who a person is, who a person is and their experiences, of course. But, and I was going to say that too, anytime a manipulative person is trying to manipulate you, um, they will always keep the focus on you and they will be more open to discussing you. Like I said, your flaws, your downfalls, your past, your hurt, your brokenness, the things you did wrong, why your relationship didn't work out. But oftentimes, my fiance, over a year ago, um, my fiance at the time, he wanted to know every single person I ever said hello to. He wanted to know, but he had no interest and informing me about anything. He had no interest in having discussions about his past relationships. And it wasn't until we got into marriage counseling when those things had to come out in the open. And that's when he began to vocalize that everybody that I've been with, they were the issue. And that's when it clicked for me. If you don't see any fault in yourself, if every time your relationship doesn't work out, if every time your friendships don't work out, if every time you know, you're a part of something and it doesn't work out. If nobody likes to fool with you and they're always the problem, then I believe, and this is just me. I could be wrong. I believe that you have some issues on the inside of you that you need to work out because you cannot see your fault. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And I know that it can be hard to address our faults. I know that it can be hard to address our flaws, to realize that we did something wrong. But we have to come up in the mind and come up in the spirit to be able to face ourselves, right? And be able to say, I've got some issues. There's some things not right about me. It's some things I didn't do right in my past relationships. It's some things that I didn't do right. The reason why things didn't work out, because that's the only reason I'm going to be able to grow, right? The first step is to getting better. It's first acknowledging that there's a problem, that a problem exists or that you have a problem. So we have to acknowledge the problem. Now, we may not have to talk about the past. We may not have to talk about things in depth, but we have to acknowledge if there is a problem. If a person is the culprit, there may be a chance that they've learned from it. Maybe. We hope they have. Hi, Andrea Roberts. Moving right along. Let me scroll down here so we can move to the next point. Another characteristic of a manipulator. They are very charming. And again, this is another one of those things that tends to happen in the early stages of meeting someone who is manipulative. And if you're dating, I want to be clear tonight um, for the men who may come back and watch the replay or who may listen um, on Apple Podcasts or on Anchor or whatever podcasting platform. I want to be clear that this conversation is not only to pinpoint men as being manipulators or being manipulative because women can definitely be manipulative and be manipulators as well. But I am a woman um, and I haven't interacted with many women. I've only interacted with men. So my point of view and my perspective tonight will be coming from that of a woman who has encountered men. Right. And so when meeting a manipulator, come on, God, <laughs> come on, God, help me. They are very charming. And again, this is in the beginning stage. They can be very charming. They'll um, freely give gifts, money, lend a helping hand, any of those things right in the beginning. And they need to do these things in the very beginning before you really get to know them. Because when you get to know them, 
This will have you torn about leaving them alone. This will have you torn about walking away from them. It can be a little difficult to walk away from a manipulator when they come in your life and they whine and dine you. Come on, women, like never before. They taking you to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You don't never have to put gas in your car. This is how my fiance was, and I can be vulnerable. I can be open and talk about this because this was over a year ago. Right. And God has healed me and made me whole. So we ain't on here to throw shade or be petty, but we talking about the truth. Right. And so before I got engaged, I was dating a man who took me to breakfast, lunch and dinner, who made sure that I didn't have to stop at the gas station for any any time. I hate stopping at the gas station. Why do I hate stopping at the gas station? Hi, Raquel. Andrea, stay with me. I hate stopping at the gas station because of the many dangers. People get kidnapped. You got men trying to hit on you. And if you tell them no, they're trying to cuss you out and talk crazy to you. And I just am uncomfortable at gas stations. So when I first met my fiance, my ex-fiance, let's be clear in case my future husband is watching. Ex-fiance, ex-fiance, I'm single. Hallelujah. Um, come find me, hubby. But um, <laughs> um when I first met my ex-fiance... He was everything, whining me and dotting me to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, putting gas in my gas tank. Anytime my gas got low, he made sure. He made sure my car was washed on a regular. Y'all can't tell y'all the last time my car been to the car wash. Alfie, probably the last time that I was um, picking up Bobby and Gabrielle's, the last time I been to the car wash because I didn't want them to be getting in a dirty, dirty car. Only time I clean my car is if I know I just need to because I don't want to be embarrassed when somebody else see it. But, um... <laughs> He would take my car to the car wash all the time, you know, stopping by every day to take my trash out, all that, doing all the things, opening the doors, pulling out the chairs. I mean, pulling out all the stops. He was doing everything, treating me like a queen, sending me cash out on my lunch break so I can give me some lunch and some food to eat, making sure I had everything that I needed. Um, I had just moved into my apartment. And uh, I can remember I was getting ready to go to a water park with my family. And he was like, um, leave your key to your apartment. Of course, I wasn't letting him stay in my apartment. We wouldn't doing all of this shacking and cohabitating. But he was like, leave your key to your apartment. And he was like, so I can clean up some stuff. Well, I came back to my apartment from the water park and he had bought me a new TV and uh, decorated my apartment. You know, I love leopard. He bought me a leopard print rug, leopard print pillows to go on my couch, so on and so forth. So he was very charming in the beginning. He pulled out all the stops. And so then when I began to see his true colors, when I began to uncover his lies, when I began to, to see him, you know, being deceitful and discovering things about him that I didn't focus on in the beginning, right because I'm just so overwhelmed by how charming everything you're doing for me you don't have time to interrogate anybody about anything to dig deep into their character or who they really are when they're overwhelming you with all these beautiful things especially if it's something that you've never experienced before and so we get so caught up and overwhelmed and easily charmed and I don't want to get too far to the left but this is a characteristic of a manipulator in the beginning so that way when you discover and when you uncover who they really are this will leave you torn between what you should do or what you want to do because you're like man if I walk away from this I'm going to have to start going to the gas station by myself I'm going to have to start going back and washing my car I'm going to have to start taking my own trash out I'm going to have to start buying my own breakfast, lunch and dinner I'm going to have to start um you know, buying my own food on my lunch break. I'm going to have to start back buying my own shoes and stuff. And so a manipulator knows how to get you to a place 
where it will be hard for you to leave them when you discover their true colors. They'll always be offering a helping hand. That's one of the things that I already mentioned. And this will cloud your judgment. This will cloud your judgment, but you have to be aware. And if you're a child of God, you have to make sure that you're exercising your discernment. I got two more and then we done y'all. So second to last, they are an emotional black hole. A manipulator has lack of emotions or you will notice that they hardly show any emotion. They cannot relate to the feelings of you or anybody else. They cannot understand why you're so emotional, especially when you're emotional because of something they have done or something they have said. They can be very emotional. They can shut, they can shut down and turn cold. That is the characteristic of someone who is a manipulator. And then last but not least, they usually have insecurities. And this is our why for this whole thing. Why would a person be a manipulator? Why are people manipulative? Oftentimes, it stems from a place of insecurity. And this person is insecure in some areas about who they are or what they lack or what they don't have. So they feel like they need to manipulate you in order to keep you. And the outcome is what they... The outcome is a good outcome, but they're not getting that outcome in the right way, right? They're trying to get into your mind and steer you in the direction that they want you to go instead of allowing you to make your own choices, allowing you to, you know, be able to leave them easily. They want to do everything they can to keep you on a tight leash. And they absolutely, Alpha says, they will set you up for dependency. Yes. And let me help somebody because I don't want you to confuse that. You could be an independent person. I'm very independent. I do everything on my own, you guys. And when I say everything, I mean everything with the help of the Lord. I give all glory, honor, credit, and praise to the Lord. I truly do because without him, I don't know where I'd be or what I would do. But I am very independent. Everything that I do, I wish that somebody could walk a day in my shoes. If you think... I got it going on. If you think I got it all together, because on my own, I operate my ministry. Every post, every email, every prayer request, everything is me. Marissa Martin Ministries is me. The team is me. The help is me. Okay. The secretary, the phone answerer, the email responded is me. I am Marissa Martin Ministries. On top of that, I have to run my own businesses. I write my books and now I'm doing a podcast. Now the Lord didn't birth a podcast in me so or through me. So you could be the most independent person and you could be used to doing things on your own. That's why I'm going with this thing. You could be used to doing all these different things on your own. You could be superwoman. But a manipulative person will come into your life. And because you've been so independent, because you've been superwoman for so long, because you've been doing it on your own for so long, you will jump into the arms of somebody who want to try to take over and do everything now. You don't got to do anything anymore. And they will pull you, like Alfie said in the comment section, they will pull you into a place or set you up for dependency. And so this will make it harder for you to walk away from them. And it all stems from their insecurity. It stems from a place of insecurity. And so how do we deal with a manipulative person? The answer to that question, you all, is very simple. 
don't. Let me sip my tea. How do you deal with a manipulative person? You don't. You use your discernment. Once you discover that there's a manipulative person in your life, and I don't want us to feel like this is limited to just relationships or just men. It could be your friend. It could be a family member who is manipulating you, who is using you, who is misusing you, lying to you or deceiving you. But once you discover that this person is a manipulator, you don't deal with them. But if it just happens to be in a relationship, because this is the... I think the, the main crossroad where we can relate, the listeners and the viewers tonight, where we can relate is on a relationship level when it comes to this topic. Don't. Don't give them attention. Don't show them emotion. And definitely don't show weakness. Okay? We're living in days and times now. We've been living in days and times now for a long time, even before I was born. It's always been the day and the time to use discernment, to be able to know who you're dealing with and what you're dealing with, to know who you should trust. Every day I pray a prayer. And of course, I have prayers that I pray, um, that I flow freely in prayer, that are from scratch. But then I have prayers that I am repetitive with, certain things that I ask for specifically on a day-to-day basis. And I want to share with you concerning this. And one of the things I always ask God when I'm praying is, Lord, show me who to trust and who not to trust. Show me who to open up to, who I can open up to and who I cannot open up to. Help me to know who to confide in and who not to confide in. Help me to see who's for me and to see who's against me. Lord, increase my discernment. Help me to know right from wrong. Help me to know good from bad. Reveal unto me every witch, warlock, snake, and spy. Every person that means me well. Help me to appreciate them. Everyone who means me ill. Help me to let go of them. In the name of Jesus. This is something you may want to adopt into your prayer routine. Because we have to keep our eyes and our ears open. We have to be watchful and prayerful. The Bible says to watch and pray for the enemy walks around like a roaring lion. He prowls. The Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I just happen to believe that manipulation is one of the things that the enemy uses, one of his vices that he uses, especially when he's coming up against the body of Christ. Okay, so we always, always, always want to use our discernment. And we're getting ready to close up the podcast for the night. So I want to move on to our last but not least, Free Fruit Snack. And you guys, when I came up with this title, Free Fruit Snack, I came up with it for a few reasons. And I'll explain it to you because we do have a little bit of time. I know I can talk fast sometimes and I need to slow down. Okay. Free fruit snack. The reason why it's called a fruit snack is because fruit is healthy for you. The reason why it's called a snack is because it's just something for you to marinate on, something small 
quick and easy for you to marinate on. And it's free because what? I'm not charging you. If you would like to patronize with say you can definitely cash out Marissa NMM. That is on the screen, but I'm giving you this fruit snack for free. Hi, Miss Donna. Thank you for coming in on the end with me. <laughs> Our free fruit snack is protect your peace and I think it's right on point because tonight we've been talking about manipulation and manipulators protect your peace there is nothing ungodly about cutting ties or even blocking folks sometimes I'm gonna say that again there is nothing ungodly about cutting ties severing ties or even blocking folks sometimes for the sake of your peace. <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong with a little blocking by. <laughs> Y'all that just came to my mind. I don't see nothing wrong with a little block and by. Anything, anyone that comes against, that attacks, that picks at your peace, let them go. Let them go. Nothing is more valuable than your peace. And one thing that I realized anytime that I was in a dating situation or in any situation where I was dealing with someone who was a manipulator or dealing with someone who didn't make me any good or dealing with someone that always stressed me out, always had me worried, always, you know, taking me through. And like I said, this could be your family members or your friends, too. The moment that you distance yourself from these people and you find your peace, it'll be something that you never want to lose again. I promise you guys, I have become the queen of the cut off and the block ministry. I have become the queen of the cut off and the block ministry. It only takes one time. And that's because my discernment is so strong and it's so high. So a lot of times... By the time it gets to the one time, I kind of have already peeped out a person's spirit. I kind of already know their intention. I kind of already can just sense that they don't mean any good. But the first time that you truly make an offense or you say something off the wall, I have to tell you so long, bye-bye. You won't hear from me again. You won't see from me again. Because why? Because I have to protect my peace. Not only do we have to protect our peace, but if you are someone who has goals, dreams, if you have an anointing on your life, you have to protect these things. The enemy is not out here playing with God's children. Do you hear me? Especially when we're in a season where people are quarantined, folks in the house, they starting to step out on faith. They starting to start businesses. They're starting to flourish in their ministries. I mean, the devil is not playing. He's getting upset. And the only thing that he can attack now is your peace. Mm. somebody needs to catch that because when we're out in the world you know he can attack you from all kind of different directions but when there's not much going on it's not much else to do the main thing that he can try to attack is your level of peace is to destroy your sanity is to attack your mind to stress you out is to cause you to be anxious to cause you to fall into depression, dealing with folks and they stuff and they mess. Like you don't have your own stuff and your own mess. Come on here, somebody. Alpha is absolutely right. We don't have any time for toxic people. I mean this, you all. I mean it so seriously because I know 
I know the effects that come from dealing and fooling with toxic people, people that don't mean you no good. Why? Because ever since I've been young, and, and I want to I wanna make this clear before I tell this testimony, I'm not always right. I haven't always been perfect. I haven't always made the best decisions, done the right things, said the right things. But I do believe that from the time that I was born, and I could just look back into my childhood and to where that I am now in life, the enemy has tried to always attack me by sending the wrong people. And that's what he'll do. He'll try to get you connected to people that wear two faces. They show you the good face in the beginning only to pull you in, to detour you, to distract you, to delay you, to destroy you. The Bible says the enemy comes, the thief comes, but to steal, kill, and to destroy. And so that's why we have to be protective of ourselves. You have to protect yourself. The Lord is going to protect you. But you have to make sure that you're keeping people close to you, keeping people around you that mean you well, that are going to uplift you in prayer, that are going to pour into you, that are going to push you and encourage you, not pull from you. And like Evangelist Donna is saying in the comment section, not drain you. You need people around you that if you fall down, they don't mind carrying you. Not people that if you fall down, they're going to kick you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to gossip about you. They're going to talk about you. They can't wait to see something happen to you. They act like they're your friends. They act like they love you. They act like they they support you. But really, they're just waiting to see. They're just waiting to see you fall. But I come to remind somebody today that one thing that God has shown me, and I'm getting off track, um, but one thing that God has shown me, will you truly trust him? When you step out on faith, when you walk with him and when you talk with him and you yield to him and you listen to him and you allow him to lead you and guide you in all that you do, even that fall that people that, you know, people may be waiting to see, it will never happen because even the bad things in man's eye that seem to happen to you will be a stepping stool for you to go higher. It will just be something to motivate you and to push you to go further. Because I'm going to tell you how my mentality works. I don't play with the enemy. And every time the enemy tries to throw something at me, and I want to help somebody, every time the enemy tries to throw something at me or uses somebody to come up against me, it pushes me to walk in victory. It pushes me. It motivates me to walk in victory. To keep going because the enemy is only trying to attack somebody who's moving. The enemy ain't attacking nobody who's being still, who ain't doing nothing, who's not a threat, who have nothing going on. If the enemy is attacking you, he's afraid of you. If the enemy is attacking you, if he's sending people in your life to drain you, to stress you, to come up against you, he's afraid of you. And you have to know that. And you have to, like I said, be able to discern it and be able to let it go. Be able to move on. Be able to cut it off and keep going forward. All right? All right. Thank you guys so much for coming in with me tonight for another segment, another session of What Say Ye. I am yours truly, Riss. Remember to invite somebody to join you next week. Love, peace.
joy, and blessings. Y'all have a good night. Enjoy the rest of y'all Wednesday.